0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Have you ever had one of those conversations where you kind of wanted to go a little bit further? Sometimes they're with members of the opposite sex. Sometimes they're with co-workers. Like, that was getting good. And you're a little angry at yourself. One of the things um, I was just talking about was history. And to me, the interesting part of technology and timelines of how fast things move. Um, William Hewitt, you know, uh, a student of Fred Terman's. William Hewitt and David Packard started a company to produce audio oscillators, not desktop computers, but audio oscillators in 1938. And you start like going back in tech, and you're like, can we go further back in that? And I don't even know if that's the point that I'm trying to make here. Um, But the more things change, sometimes the more they stay the same. We were talking about long-term investing in tech companies is a good idea is a bad idea or do you rent them um if i were to go back in my bay area knowledge of tech history i would say the most to me the most significant would go back to 1925 when stanford got a guy named frederick Terman, who teaches electrical engineering to students in stanford and i think the rest is history I know that sounds almost silly to go to there. It was all tied towards a teacher, but you get no Beale Hewlett. you get no David Packard. HP was important. Then you go back to like a Fairchild semiconductor, nineteen fifty-eight, roughly. Where they invented a integrated circuit. I know you're saying, you mean the thing that that, that Intel's known for? Uh chips. Don't eat Ranch dressing on your Intel semiconductors. (laughs) I'm a a, a tech comedian. No. Um, So the first Fairchild semiconductor, using the planner process of the integrated circuit 1958. But then something amazing happened to me roughly before 1970. I might have been a glimmer in my dad's eye. Like there wasn't much going on in my life. Um, 1966, no Rob Black on this planet, but ATMs were invented by Barclays Bank. And suddenly you started getting branches. You started getting technology facing the consumer and away from inside the business. Again, don't quote me on my history of technology. This is not a college class, but I think that was a big one when we started to be able to go, um, wait, I can get access to my own money? I don't need a bank teller? I know you're saying, Rob, was that really 1968? Yeah. Um, And start thinking about that, the bank teller, who, according to every bank movie in the 1960s, were these young, demure, white Christian women. And they'd always talk to the bank, robber like, oh, yes, Mr. Dennis, let me go get your money now. And she'd walk into the bank safe, and uh, they'd be left open and it would be like, interesting. So that's something, the ability to cut an employee and a bank was able to save more money. People were able to get access for a fee to their own money. Then I think the biggest day in my life came sometime around 1976. I was living in Turkey and I didn't even know this day came. Um, I had seen video games, stand-up video games, not even Frogger, but things like Pong and Outlaw, where there wasn't a lot of movement. There wasn't a lot of actions or pixels or anything exciting happening. And in hindsight, my kids would probably beat me with a a rubber baseball bat forever, exposing myself to that and calling it fun. But in 1976, Atari came out with a video game console called the Atari 2600, and it had a, 6050, a 6502 processor, which we were just getting started, <laughs> as Intel would say. Um, but the idea of putting a computer in your home, my father was intelligence in the military, so I had already seen computers in the home. And they were hooked up with couplers, and you'd put your phone inside the modem, in the ear rubber mats and what have you. But the conversation I was having with a friend was something along the lines of, do you think Apple will still be Apple in 50 years? I'm like, do you still think Microsoft's Microsoft 45 years later? And and I think the answer is, yeah. Did they get in on an operating system bungle by IBM? IBM had this great idea for computers, and they wanted to service them. And they didn't want to make the semiconductor, so Intel said, okay, we'll do that. And they didn't want to do the operating system, and Bill Gates and Microsoft said, we'll do that. And IBM blew it. They could have had it all. Stayed in 1976. Larry Ellison, living in the Silicon Valley, sees Atari coming up with a home computer where you could play video games at home. <coughs> and he starts software development labs, later known as Oracle. There was a company, if you go back to 1985, which I think revolutionized online, commercialized it for sure, called America Online. And their original name was Quantum Computer Services. And they provided dedicated online services for personal computers. So it didn't really get going to, you've got mail, for many years. But you get the idea. 1996. Where were you in 1996? Well, that's the year that Netflix got born. And Netflix was, once was, we will send you DVDs. And now they're like, um, do they even send DVDs anymore? For sure. But it is a tiny fraction of their business as they're all streaming. So this is the history of technology that I find most useful, where there were events that, I, I, that mean something to me. I remember in 1998 going to the mailroom and seeing red uh, red discs and i was like sweet i got three or i started with like a two package i went to the three and at one point in time you had to watch them over the weekend and send them back and like there was these weird things going on but there was no late fees and like you tried to game the system by consuming as much as you could getting more consuming as much as you could getting more and you had to like yell at the mailman like you came too early yesterday but Netflix is 1996, and you think, like, what are you you watching this weekend? ABC, NBC, CBS. They're still around, right? But Netflix is a new player. Uh, That was a big jump as we started streaming, and uh, the need for bandwidth became more important in our life. Zuckerberg was a fresh-faced child in 2003 when he came up with social networking site, Facebook, at Harvard University, So those are the big moments in tech to me. Again, let's go out another 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 35, 35, 45 years. Uh, Who will be the winners? Microsoft is showing you that, yeah, there have been some tremendous losers like Sony. They once had the Walkman. Um, Nokia, they once had the digital phone. Before Nokia had the digital phone, uh, Motorola had the analog uh, wireless phone. But Nokia changed the world when they put a D in front of it and replaced the A with a D. I was like, hey, wow, these calls sound pretty good all of a sudden. And people were willing to say, I don't need a phone mounted on a wall or on a desk. Let's cut the wire. Let's go wireless. Woo! Anyway, do I still think Apple will be relevant? At this point in time, they make enough cash to stay relevant. Yes. We'll see. Not everyone can do it. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air there's a lot to think about when it comes to investing. And I'll tell you, honestly, sometimes I quote people in my life so that you have some perspective. So when I say like my 25 year old producer, he could be your 23 year old niece. He could be your 28 year old cousin. He could be your 29 year old son. And when he and I argue about not argue, but when I talk with him, he was like, I like ETFs. I'm fine with it. I don't need to day trade. And it's sometimes like, I think everyone, not everyone. See, that's where I'm getting wrong. I think a lot of people's first introduction into investing is a bad one. They know someone, whether it be a family member or a partner or a buddy who bought a stock and lost money. And it probably went something like this Friday night. Oh, dude, I just bought this Viking reality video conferencing company. <laughs> uh, I'm a lot of money. And then on Monday, it's announced they have fraud, and they go to zero. And everyone goes, oh, you should have known better. A guy like you is not going to get uh, winning information. I, I was pleasantly surprised when he goes, I'm fine with ETFs. I don't need to own individual stocks, because ETFs are exchange traded funds. Now, they can get kind of confusing, but one of the beauties about ETFs is that they kind of – they didn't put the vampire stake in mutual funds that had high fees, but kind of we started seeing lower and lower and lower fees. This is one of the most amazing things in the last 20 years. When I got into the industry 25, 30 years ago, it feels like now, um, fees were a lot higher. So if you were going to go out and buy a company, of Viking Alternate Reality, dude, you had to uh, like pony up sometimes 80 120 bucks for a trade just to get $500 or something, and you could never make money that way. But dang it if you're not going to say, well, I bet this one will double and somehow I'll we'll make money. So exchange-traded funds started bringing the costs out. Online like E-Trade started ringing the costs out. TD Ameritrade goes from having an army of brokers to having an army of computers. And the costs have come out, and that's it's been one of the miracles in my opinion in the last 25 years, is that I'm talking with a 25-year-old kid in my mind, and he's able to buy stocks for nothing or close to nothing. When I had to put up percentages when I was his age, and he is able to start at a younger age than I am, and he could do it without signing paperwork and going to a... I had to go to a fax machine. I didn't have a fax. So I had another cost of having to fax in a trade. <laughs> Crazy. So, the Dow is doing well today. NASDAQ, S P 500, they're all up nicely. But the Dow is up 1.6%, and the NASDAQ is up 1.5%. Now, for a couple of weeks in a row, NASDAQ is the home market of a lot of big tech companies. Microsoft, uh, Apple, um, Starbucks, a lot of growth companies live in the NASDAQ. So, for the NASDAQ to be up basically 1%. Third of what the Dow's up tells you something's weird. And the weird thing is Boeing's carrying the Dow today, as is Apple. That's worthy of note. Uh, AT&T, I could see some components that are doing well. Um, I'm seeing a little bit of weakness in some of the COVID. I almost want to call them pure plays. Twilio, down 5.3%. Peloton, down 3.4% talking with neighbors, one, one area that I do not know if they're going to be able to survive and I would look for bankruptcies just on antidotal, not on any empirical evidence, gems. A lot of my neighbors are like, I live in part of the world that's super expensive. And the gems include are super expensive. They're more like country clubs or tennis clubs because they can get away with charging exorbitant fees for the weight rooms if you are a club and you have a lunch component, right? Uh, but my neighbors aren't going back. They're like, we're not paying 450 bucks a month for this. Uh, we'll figure something else out. And it was just something in their life that they were doing because they thought they should do. It's kind of interesting, right? One area that uh, we're seeing a lot of protest right now, Black Lives Matters, police lives, police actions. Uh, in the years past, we've seen some marches on women's rights both their sexual reproduction rights as well as their work rights. In years past, we've seen workers demand a living wage. I don't see it out of the realm of possibility that in the next couple years we could start seeing... And again, all these protesters are different, right? And they look different and they act different and they respond different and the government responds to them differently. One area that I think we're going to start seeing some protest is college costs. Um, I had a neighbor talk to me about two of his kids and he's like, one of them is getting a great degree and one of them's getting an okay degree. I'm like, okay, degree. He goes, okay, it sucks. And he gets that he's paying an arm and a leg for the math and science one. He's depressed that the liberal arts one, probably isn't going to lead to a job that ever pays for that cost again. And that's the dad. When you're a parent and you bring something into the earth, I hope in your heart of hearts you're like, I need to support this beautiful young thing and get them into college. I've often said, and it's now become a racist statement, I was lucky to be born to white parents who had an expectation for me to go to college. That expectation to go to college was a difference in my life. Had I not, I probably would have settled down wherever I would have settled down. Maybe after 10 years of, of grinding it out, being a manager at a pizza restaurant or something like that, I would have said, time to move to Chicago and see my dreams come true of opening a pizza restaurant. A couple, of years, a couple of months later, I'm out of business. But I think you're going to start seeing student loan protests because I think that has crossed race. It has crossed economic class. When 20 years ago, you can get a degree from Berkeley for $16,000 a quarter – uh, or $16,000 total, and now it's $16,000 a quarter. Like, it's not making sense to people. And the frustration is tangible, and the amount of debt is real. So, will we see student loans gather for protests? In Philadelphia, New York, in San Francisco, in Washington, D.C., the students are going crazy. Well, they go crazy at noon because they sleep until 11, right? You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. <clears throat> One of the things I learned about subtly in the 1980s After I finished high school and I started graduating, not graduating, but start touring like Europe and things like that during the summers and between college semesters, was that America's opinion does matter. At one point in time, I was impressed by how people from France and Germany and people from Australia, they knew our Bill of Rights and they were were like really proud of them. And then at one point in time, I believe Reagan might have me on my political events here but there was a bombing in the beirut embassy and reagan responded um i do believe some marines died in a bombing that um hit the barracks u.s marines sad that i could very vaguely remember this but i remember the united states responded and we hit kind of an orphanage and europeans and world people thought wow he's a cowboy you hit one of his, and he hits two of yours, and he hits below the belt. So our president kind of gave Americans a cowboy image. So when my friends overseas would meet me, they're like, where's your cowboy hat? Where's your six-shooter? Uh, a lot of that's going on right now, whether we like it and or don't like it with China. And I would probably say the last year... Maybe the last six months, the United States has probably hurt their image internationally. So in the future for either president or any president, when I say either, I'm kind of playing the Republican-Democrat game, I think it may be a little bit tougher to be that global power that has like a pristine reputation. We'll see. But that's something that you deal with coming out. And I'm not going to say you get depressed with, but you work with what you're given. 800-516-1220 Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Stocks are rebounding from opening, I'd say, malaise. S&P 500 has slowly built on some rallying. Early on, I was saying, hey, this is all of Boeing today. Talking about a FAA spokesperson saying the 737 MAX certification flights could begin today. I talked about that with you last week, so this shouldn't be a surprise that they're up 6-7%. Facebook is down 3.8% as more companies are boycotting the social media platform. And they're legit companies. It's You can tell you have a legit business when the sponsors are legit, right? When during your commercials, you're hearing Visa and Coca-Cola and McDonald's. If you're hearing cat insurance, go, come with a cat. Meow. It's probably a little bit shakier of an insurance company or then say a Geico 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, a surprise call in from the one, the only Mr. Burton. How are you, Chad?
1: I'm doing great, Rob. How are you? Good. I have no notes on you. What's up? Well, I just wanted to pop in because um, something interesting happened last week that was kind of an extension of the CARES Act. So, I want to make sure that we're talking about it. I've mentioned it a little bit on the 6 a.m. show, but, you know, commuting is a little different these days, right? Sure. Yeah. So, um, what happened under the CARES Act is that people, because the market had dipped, um, the government said, okay, those that are over 70 and a half that typically take, that have to take required minimum distributions from their retirement accounts, they don't have to take it this year. Okay. And that included inherited IRAs, and even those that already took it had a period of time where they could roll it back over. It was like a 60-day window. Well, last week, they extended it. There was notice 2020-51. And essentially what happens is anybody that took a required minimum distribution this year out of their IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, even inherited IRAs now, Rob, and this is the big change, so if somebody left you an IRA, you rolled into an inherited IRA, you have to take a little bit out each year. If yep. you already took it prior to the CARES Act, you now have until August 31st to repay your accounts and wipe out the tax effect of any required minimum distribution you took. And that includes inherited IRAs now. So the strategy here is, is that, okay, if you took out an, a required minimum distribution, Okay. If you have the ability to pay it back out of some you know, fund, whether it's a brokerage account, your bank account, or whatever, you could pay it back and wipe out the tax consequence. And then if you're always going to be at the same tax bracket, though, maybe you consider a partial Roth conversion instead and start building up that tax-free account. So it's a little bit of a, a bonus for people out there, but they do have until August 31st to kind of uh, you know, make sure that this happens. We were... You know, on top of this and doing this for people that had the 60 days once the cares Act came out now we got to go back to the beginning of the year and do this project all over but hey if we can save some people taxes during the tough time let's do it question for y'all
0: is it worth
1: doing because the way you just described that i'm going to
0: tell you what the average person goes ah, i already did it don't know if i want to deal with the irs Nah, don't know if i want to deal with contacting fidelity nah. like it's sure i'll save some money but a lot of people kind of and that's one of the problems with being older is like, you don't want to be bothered and like reading contracts that are in fine print or tough, but doing something like this feels like a little bit of a loophole. Is it
1: a loophole or is it easy to fix or easy to get right? Um, It's actually fairly easy to fix. It's really, you're you're kind of uh, uh, just writing a check back into your IRA account. So it's really one check that wipes out the contribution but you got to have the cash to be able to do it. So if you already spent the money and you don't have other money to pay it back, then I guess, you know, it's kind of a moot point. But for those that didn't want to pay the taxes on the money at all, and they'd like to save taxes and have more room for an IRA to Roth conversion, start building up that Roth IRA account. We've talked about how important that is, right, Rob? Because taxes are going to be higher in the future. I'm 100% convinced of that. So the more we focus on increasing that Roth IRA bucket so that that those investments inside your Roth are bigger and bigger and bigger in the future and you don't pay any taxes on it. It doesn't affect your social security taxation, your Medicare taxation. Um, the better off you're going to be in retirement.
0: Taxation without representation. Anything else that you're working on, Mr. Burton CFP extraordinaire that you want to wow our listeners
1: with? Um, well, I've got uh, a guy tomorrow morning talking uh, with Newberger Berman talking all about real estate. Um, so that's that's an interesting approach right now, right? Because you've got all of these unknowns when it comes to office REITs. Um, yet, what about the home builders and home builders that have kind of diversified businesses that are building homes out in the suburbs, but also own homes in terms of rentals? Um, so REITs are kind of all over the place, Rob. you got some some positives out there with cell phone towers, but they're kind of expensive. you got some negatives with the office REITs. Um, so talking tomorrow morning with, uh, the head manager of a new Berman real estate fund that's been pretty successful this year in terms of REITs.
0: Sounds good. So we'll tune in for that. Thank you very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. Um, his show that he was just hinting passively at is tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., uh, Monday through Friday. He grabs guests from families of funds like Newberger and Berman. Um, these guys are highly recruited out of college, smart brains. They do a nice job of managing portfolios and like, maybe sometimes doing themes. I used to love listening to commentary from fund managers There was one in San Francisco, for instance, Robertson Stevens, that I really, really liked back in the early 90s because they were the mutual fund family that said, we're going to hire the best tech minds, and we're going to have the best commentary, and we're going to have the best portfolios. And it was right in San Francisco, and oddly enough, they invested right in all the dot-com kind of areas, but I loved the commentary. So, tune in tomorrow morning for CFP Chad Burton as he talks to a financial expert On the New Focus on Wealth Show, you could also grab the podcast because, like he said, who the heck's getting up at 6 in the morning? Who needs to shower and go to work? And on that community, you listen to the dulcet tones of Chad Virgin. Not likely. Not likely in this day and age. We're all staying at home wearing pajamas listening to Chad Virgin and his podcast, as you can find at newfocusfinancial.com. Okay. So, there's things that are not working in the reopening. I hope you see that. So we should see some lumpiness in the economy. For instance, like if you play soccer or your kids play soccer, the camps are pretty virtual and the outdoor camps are pretty weird for people. Some parents just don't want to expose their kids and I get it. So too many question marks, 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, One of the companies that is pretty interesting to watch is Amazon. There was probably five to seven, eight years ago, we would all be doing homework on the auto industry. And we'd see companies like Apple developing um, an in-dash software. Or were they developing a a self-driving car? Or were they developing a, a moon rocket? We never learned a lot by Apple, but we learned a little bit from Amazon. We learned a lot from Tesla, which turned 10 years old. Happy birthday, Elon Musk. But the idea of autonomous passengers started to be built into our futures. Probably about four or five years ago, we were like, by 2018, by 2019, by 2020. I was like, by 2018, we'll be able to drive on the highway with hands free. Um, And then, oh, by 2020, we'll be able to sleep in the car while while it's driving us. The self-driving car industry hasn't hit that fast. And over the past several years, a lot of prototypes um, have done okay. Um, But there was one company called Zoox. uh, Z-O-O-X. And we knew Amazon was getting in the dash. So you could order things from your car radio kind of thing with a Wi-Fi. And you could ask it to play music. So Amazon was kind of playing in there. And then Amazon buys Zoox. So they're relatively late to the game. But now they're starting to pick up. Transportation assets. Hey, Alexa, drive me to the store. Or, hey, Alexa, have the store drive to me. I don't even know where we are anymore. I'm confused. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thanks for listening. <clears throat> 800 to get your calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. One thing that I want to talk about is stocks. One of the mistakes I've seen people make a lot in my life is that they collect too many of them. So to have conversations about ETFs versus individual stocks is great. Uh, believe it or not, and you're going to say, I don't believe it. I've actually seen people with 100 stocks. Now, I'm not knocking the man, Fisher Investments. Um, I think Fisher did a wonderful job in the 90s becoming a tech investor. He wrote a very popular column great way to market hint, hint wink wink nudge nudge but he also had too many stocks let's talk a little bit about this concept of too many stocks and much much more cfp chad burton has made it back on air yet again my intro for you is ruined but it was going to be something along the lines of hey everyone joining the show it's mr chad um,
1: kind of like, what do you think? good try rob i know <laughs> <laughs> we got chad <laughs> um <laughs> is that from? I know, is that I some cartoon we all forgot about? Pee Wee Herman.
0: Hey, this is still by With
1: Mel. Never mind. That uh, wasn't a good try.
0: Oh, you got to do a little bit of marijuana to make that one a good one. Um, you wanted to discuss maintaining spending in retirement. What do we need to
1: know? Because it seems like the rules might have changed in the last six months. Uh, I mean, they've kind of been changing for a while. Um, we've had this situation of low interest rates for a while now, but with the result of all of the stimulus that we're eventually going to have to pay for, in Fed action, interest rates are even lower. So we've been talking about that because you know fixed income, which is the same thing as bonds, um, you know it's essentially paying about a third of what they were prior to the Great Recession. So if that's a good portion of a person's portfolio in retirement and it's not kicking off as much income to you, um, then that's a problem. Now, we also have lower inflation lately than we've had in the past, so that's helped, but it's still an issue. And there's this new study that uh, the team and I were reviewing called the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and they did a study to identify uh, ways to educate people a little bit more, and they found that about 49% of the people that retired between 1992 and 2014 were not able to maintain the same level of spending starting five years after retirement. And that's a concern. I mean, the, the, a big issue is that a lot of people spend a lot the first five, 10 years in retirement because they're doing that bucket list of travel and things like that. Yep. But we're, we're talking about significant reductions in spending, the horrible wrong calculations. Um, and, and you know, it pops into mind, Rob, is a lot of times when that happens is yeah. if a person goes to seek financial advice and they unfortunately run into somebody that earns a commission and this person is sitting there thinking okay I got to pay my mortgage how can I get this person to retire and roll over their 401k so I can make five percent that's a problem right sure because there's been commission based advisors out there that have caused people to retire too early because they're looking for money so that's one thing that you know even the government is after the Department of Labor to any other department you can think of is trying to you know, pass these fiduciary rules to make sure that really, I don't, I don't think when it comes to retirement planning, people should be allowed to earn commissions period. Um, and then after that, you just got to, you know, deal with getting good advice. Um, but all of this is more daunting. I mean, this is with low interest rates and COVID and, and stimulation from the government on something that we're all going to have to pay for with higher taxes in the future, low interest rates, um, It's it's an issue, and the study that we were going over showed that decisions on mortgages, pension cash-outs, and early Social Security greatly affected people, their ability to continue to spend the same amount of money in retirement.
0: So, there used to be a rule of thumb, and we all remember the rule of thumb was invented because we needed to know how big of a stick we could use to hit the women of our lives. True story, according to a judge. Yep. No bigger than the thickness of your thumb was the rule. Um, What's the new rule of thumb on how much we can draw down in retirement? Because, Chad, I'll be honest. I'm a little bit scared because my whole life I've been building, building, building. But as I get closer to retirement, I'm going to see my assets dwindle as I draw down. What's a good rate for me?
1: Yeah, and most people will. Unless you become wealthy enough so that you are only living off of the dividends from your stocks, the interest from your bonds, and the income from your rental properties. Um, because dividends, if you're investing in the right companies, tend to go up with inflation. And rents can go up with inflation. But, but most people can't get to that point these days, unfortunately. So in the 90s, the 4% rule of thumb came out, or you, if you draw 4% of your retirement portfolio, at age 65, you'll be able to increase it with inflation slightly each year and have enough to live till you're, you know, 95 years old. Now people yep. are living longer and bonds are paying much less. So if you're 65 and you start drawing more than 3.5% of your portfolio, you're going to have sure. problems living till you're 100 years old without decreasing your spending. So about 3.5% is a new rule of thumb, in my opinion.
0: Okay. We've got probably about a minute left. If you would hit a last topic, changes on Social Security, can we expect them?
1: Same thing. This study showed that people that took Social Security earlier, the ones that really had trouble maintaining their spending. So make sure you're maximizing Social Security full retirement age or age 70. And then a lot of people that ended up with mortgages that were stretching also had problems. So paying off a mortgage tends to make people feel a little bit more secure. And we used to say don't do that. Now because bonds are paying so low, especially you know two and a half percent on California tax bonds. It's a good decision-making process to, to consider now.
0: we got to cut it there, Chad. It's been great having you on this morning, as Pee Wee would say. <laughs> Come back again. It's CFP Chad Burton. I need to work on that a lot. I know. Maybe I could get some movie drops. i uh, been thinking about Pee Wee Herman and that character that he's been playing for so many years. Um, you, can find Tony, uh, you can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Big webinar coming up soon. Pay attention to the commercials.